You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org.
thank you for being with us, being in our presence, leading us and guiding us. Thank you for the calm and the peace that you give us, Jesus. For it is your, in your presence that we find peace. And so I thank you for all that you do. Be with us in the rest of the service today, God. We'll give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name. It's our time. We must rise up and no longer disparage. It's our time, church, to honor our heritage. We have a savior. He gave it all on the cross. We stand beside martyrs who counted nothing as loss. They took God's mysteries, opened them up for us. Stephen, John the Baptist, Bonhoeffer, Jan Hus. Surrounded by a cloud of witnesses above, it's now our turn to model his unending love. Our mission is one we cannot confuse, nor muddy up with some trite excuse. You say you're not well-versed, ready, or able. I think Moses even tried to use that fable. The time we have, it's now more urgent. If we should hear, well done, faithful servant. Yeah, church, it's our time. It's our time to confess the ways we're mangled, the sins and selfishness that have us entangled. Lust, greed, and pride, their path leads to the grave. Yet we return to our sins as if we're a slave. Can we survive in this putrid dead sea? I quote Paul, may it never be. So let's cast aside our individual leprosy and begin to leave a biblical legacy. There's a glorious prize awaiting to be won, and the way to win is to start to run. Let's lace them up and fight the good fight, become to the world both salt and light. Our life on earth is merely a vapor. Our chapter must move from pen to paper. So church, let's get to writing because it's our time. It's our time, church. We have what it takes to help the world from its slumber awake. To Jesus, we are his beautiful bride. Whom shall we fear with him on our side? We have each other. We are not alone. It's iron to iron in the combat zone. There's a promise of life full of adventure. As long as we give both talents and treasure, the workers are few, the harvest is plenty, with so many lives running on empty. Scores of people trying to cope. They've come to the end of their proverbial rope. Young eyes are wandering, looking for direction. Make sure we point them to his resurrection. The clock's ticking. We're on our dime. Hey, church, rise up. It's our time. Word Chapel family, we miss you. We can't wait until we are all back together again. If you are visiting with us for the first time, we just want to welcome you. We hope you've had a great experience so far. Living Word Chapel, you guys are knocking it out of the park. You continue to fill out your connection cards faithfully. It helps us stay connected with you. We know how to pray. And please continue to let us know how we can better serve and help you during this time. Well, Ephesians 2.11 says, You are God's masterpiece, that he created you new in Christ to do good things he planned long ago. So I just want to remind you that God created you for good things and for such a time as this. 
Well, thank you for your faithfulness to support Living Word Chapel. It is because of your generosity that God continues to work through the ministry here at LWC. There are three easy ways you can continue or start to give. It is by mail, text and give, or you can visit our website at lwcoracle.org. We'll take a few minutes to send somebody that encouraging text as we welcome Pastor James. So we're at the Kearney campus, and we just want to give a shout-out to everyone in the Copper Basin. We want you to know that we're praying for you. We're just believing that God is in control, and He's bigger than anything that we are facing right now. Sometimes it seems like uh, circumstances are bigger than us, but whether you're in Dudleyville, in Caden, or Winkleman, or here in Kearney, uh, we want you to know that you're being prayed for. We cannot wait to have an in-person service uh, and we're just waiting for Governor Ducey to give us uh, the, the next phase. And, and just, we're, we're trusting Jesus in, in this whole situation that we're in right now. Also want to pray for those of you that are at the Oracle campus, uh, whether you're in Catalina or Eagle Crest or the Saddlebrooks, uh, the Tri-Community, Samuel, Oracle, Sam, uh, Mammoth. Know that you're prayed for. Know that we're believing that God is, is with us, that He's our calm in the midst of the chaos and that he's with, with, with his people. Uh, he's not going to leave us nor forsake us. Last week, I started a series titled, For Such a Time as This. And it, it speaks to me about living in the moment. Uh, in fact, uh, I spoke about uh, there's the, the defining moments that we all face. Uh, being here at the Kearney campus is a defining moment. Uh, uh, three years ago, about three and a half years ago, we took a big step of faith uh, to go to, to come to the Copper Basin, and uh, we ended up at the Hayden High School. And for uh, two years, we were there at Hayden, and God did some pretty amazing things, and that transpired into us uh, merging with a church here in Kearney. And now this is what has transpired. Uh, it's a defining moment. Uh, what I know for sure is that uh, we're all born into this earth for a God-given purpose. We're all born for such a time as this. And we opened up the series by saying that we're going through the book of Esther. Uh, the book of Esther is all about uh, living in the moment and understanding that our life is, is filled with purpose from God. Uh, even though that uh, Esther was raised by her cousin Mordecai, uh, she found that God's purpose for her life was bigger than she could ever imagine. And I want you to know that, that God's purpose for you is bigger than what you could ever imagine. I don't care if you live in Kearney, or in Hayden, or in Saddlebrook, or wherever you're at. If some of you are viewing from different states, and, and God wants to speak a word into your life. He wants to speak some purpose into your life, and tell you that your life is not random. Uh, that what you're facing is not random, and that, that God is desiring to be present in whatever you're facing. Uh, Esther found that, that she would marry uh, the king of Persia. And when she married King Xerxes, uh, she found that she needed the strength of God to be courageous because she was going to confront some things that were very difficult for her. Uh, and I think it speaks to us today because uh, we need to find our courage in God as well. 
in whatever we're facing, whether you're facing an illness, uh, you're facing this pandemic, you're facing some trials, uh, you need to know that God is in control. So as we looked at Esther's life, we, we found that last week that she had won the heart of King Xerxes. Uh, she found favor in him. And she also found that they threw a big party. And they made a special day to celebrate her life. And how many of you know that when the party is over, challenges are waiting? Uh, I remember living a life where I tried to drown my problems with partying them away. And the reality is, when the party is over, challenges are still there. For each one of us, we, we, we will face opposition, we will face difficulties, because that's what life is all about. So maybe you're listening here today, and uh, your party is over, and you've got problems, you, you're facing challenges. God wants to speak encouragement into your life today. He wants you to reach your God-given destiny. And that's exactly what we see in Esther's story. You see, she was going to face a, a guy by the name of Haman. And uh, Haman hated her cousin, the cousin that raised her, Mordecai. Not because Mordecai was a bad person or an evil person, but because Mordecai was actually, uh, he was very righteous. And uh, Haman did not like the things that, that Mordecai stood for. And so Haman didn't want to just destroy Mordecai. He wanted to destroy all of Mordecai's people, which were the Jews. And we all have Hamans in our lives. Their hate is so great, not only for us as individuals, their hate is so great that they want to destroy people around us. They want to destroy families. And they want to take uh, everyone out of, out of existence. Uh, just look at the news and you see this all the time. Uh, but Mordecai, he sends word to Esther. Now she's the queen. And she, he says, this guy Haman, uh, he has the authority from King Xerxes and he sent out this edict or this decree uh, with, that stamped with the king's signet ring. And he sent it to all of the Persian kingdom saying that he's going to destroy all the Jewish people on a certain day. Uh, it was like a royal text message that was sent out or a tweet on steroids. In other words, it impacted the whole world. Have you heard of tweets that are impacting our world or our state? That's exactly what this decree was all about. Uh, so Esther uh, had to, was sent this message from Mordecai saying, you need to do something about it. And so Esther responds, and then Mordecai responds, and that's what we're going to pick up in chapter 4, verses 12 to 14. And I believe it's going to speak to our lives and to our situations today. Uh, let me start out by praying a blessing over the word. Father, thank you for every person that's with us. I pray your blessing upon them. But I pray your blessing upon your word. I, I pray that uh, you will use me as your vessel to speak life into those individuals that are listening. I pray that uh, your words will be words of encouragement, words of, of, of challenge, Lord God, uh, to challenge us to go beyond our, our status quo, to, to reach out to the destiny that you have for each one of us, Lord God, that we can bring glory to your name. And I just pray your blessing upon this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So the word says, in chapter 4, verses 12 through 14 in Esther, it says, When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. And he says, Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. 
For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your family, or your father's family, will perish. And who knows but that you have come to this royal position for such a time as this. That is so important for us to grab a hold of. Who knows if you have come to this position for such a time as this. And so there's two points that, that I believe will help us to reach our God-inspired destiny. Point number one is that we need to choose courage over fear. Have you noticed that life is filled with fearful situations and every important next step is filled with apprehension. Uh, when I took a step, or we took a step to come to the Copper Basin, it was filled with fear. It was filled with apprehension. But we knew that God had a plan in all this. Uh, Esther had, had a reason to fear when we read the verse before the passage that we just read. Uh, in verse 11 it says, Everyone who works for the king, and even the people out in the provinces, they know that there is a single fate. For every man and woman who approaches the king without being invited. Death. The one exception is if the king extends his golden scepter, then he or she may live. And then she goes on and says, and it's been 30 days now since I've been invited to come to the king. Mordecai, don't you understand? It's been a month since I've been invited. Now you're telling me to go before the king and everyone in here and everyone out there know that if you come... Before the king without being invited? That he can kill you? It speaks to us about the challenges that we have in life. All of us have challenges <clears throat> that scare us to death. And we think we're never going to overcome. But you can't get to your God-inspired destiny without overcoming your fears. Esther had to confront her fears and replace them with faith. And with courage. And she had someone in her life that cared enough about her that he was going to challenge her and say, if you don't do it, someone else will. And we have people in our life that I believe God's calling me to possibly challenge someone who is listening. That you need to step out of your fears and step into the courage of God because His perfect love will cast out all your fears. Mordecai said this uh, to Esther. I love the way the message paraphrase puts it. It says, do not think that just because you live in the king's house, you're the one Jew who will get out of this alive. You see, he confronted her with the realities. And all of us have to be confronted with the realities that if we continue to live in our fears, we will never reach our God-given destiny. I don't know what your fear is, but God does. And he wants to accompany you through that fear, and, and, and he wants to instill faith through the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can reach all the potential that you have in God. God spoke this to Joshua. And he said, have I not commanded you? One of my favorite verses, verse 9 of chapter 1 in Joshua says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And I think that God is speaking this to us today. Be strong and courageous. 
You, do you notice that being strong and courageous is not a recommendation? It's not something that we, as God's people, uh, that we ponder? It's a command. God commands us to, to be strong in His might and for us to walk in the power of His ability. And God will allow you to reach your God-inspired destiny when you take those steps of faith. Here's point number two. Why not you? Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, on the year that they won the Super Bowl, uh, in spring training, he looked at his teammates and he says, Why not us? Why can't we do it? Mordecai, as he spoke to, to uh, Esther, he says, If you persist in staying silent at a time like this, help and deliverance will arrive for the Jews from someplace else. He's saying, why not you, Esther? You're in the palace. You're the one that's been called to bloom where you've been planted. I remember uh, going to Sabino Canyon with some good friends of ours. You'll see the image on the screen. And Ron and Nancy Llewellyn went with Sean and I, and we hiked Sabino Canyon. We hiked about six uh, miles. I, I, I'll never forget that because our feet had had the, the, the proof that we hiked that many miles. But we came across these plants and these cactus that were growing in the middle of rocks. And you'll see the images there on the screen. And these plants and these cactus, they didn't complain about where their seeds ended up. They grew and became all they could be, even the, in the worst of the conditions that they were faced with. You see, beloved, reaching your God-given destiny is grabbing a hold of the fact that we must bloom wherever we're planted. There's, there's no man, there's no woman, or even any pandemic that can alter the destiny of God for your life. There's not a strike, there's not a, a, a work situation that, that you're facing that's bigger than God. God is bigger than anything that we face. And He plants those seeds of faith into our lives so that we can overcome the fear that we have. So that the challenges that we face, are, are though they might be bigger than us, they're not bigger than God. You need to know that every great man and every great woman of God, that they felt inadequate to accomplish the calling of God on their life. That's why we need God. That's why we're called men and women of God. Because we can't do it on our own. And those fears and those challenges that we face, they're no match for God. When, when, when Mordecai said to Esther, when he said, maybe you were made queen for just such a time as this. He was telling her, God birthed you into this season. You were made to live in that generation, Esther. To make a difference for His glory. And I'm speaking to you. And more importantly, God is speaking to you. And He's saying, you were made a blank for such a time as this. I was made a pastor for such a time as this. And God, before I was born, 
He put a plan in place for me so that I could come and, and do the work for His glory. And I am so inadequate in my own self. And Beloved, you may feel inadequate for whatever you're facing and, and the fears may seem so real and God can, may seem so, so, so distant. But here's what I want you to know, that God is here. And God is near. And He's got a destiny for you. And that destiny is for you to overcome whatever obstacle that you have in your life. And, and some of us have faced some great obstacles. Whether it's a death in a family, whether it's a job loss, whether, you, you, you know, it's something that's way beyond your abilities, you need to know that God is with you. And He's called you to this place. He's called for you to hear this message. Because He has a destiny for you. Just like He had a destiny for Esther. And that destiny will not be thwarted. It will not be uh, misaligned without God allowing Him to step in and help you overcome. But one of the things that's vitally important is that we need to say yes to Jesus. 27 years ago I said yes to Jesus. And it's the greatest decision that I ever made. And I believe that many today will say yes to Jesus because you're tired of trying to do life on your own. And inviting Jesus into your life is as easy as ABC. The A stands for admit that you're a sinner. We can't find the right way until we admit that we've been going the wrong way. And so 26 and a half years ago, I knew that I was going the wrong way, and so I said, I need to find the, wrong, the right way, because I'm wrong. And I admitted that I fall short of the glory of God. And I believe that many of you are admitting that today. The B stands for believe in Jesus. Trust in the Lord, because He is bigger than anything we face. And so today I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And the C stands for confess Him as Lord and follow Him from this day forward. Let Him be your kurios, supreme in authority. Let Him be your, your, the, the one who drives the car of your life. And if that's you today, if you want to give your life to Jesus and let Him take over and help you navigate through the difficulties that you're facing, it's you saying, Lord, I want you to come into my life. You inviting Him into your life. And I want to lead you in a prayer to do just that. The prayer is simple. It's, it's, it's just, pray this with me. It's Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Today I'm saying yes to Jesus. And I admit that I'm a sinner who needs your forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for my sins and He rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said He would. I confess Him as my Lord and my Savior, and I choose to follow Him from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you made that choice today, you made the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And if you did, I would love for you to let us know. Uh, you can put the emoji, praise hands. Just put those hands up, saying, I said yes to Jesus. Or simply comment, I said yes to Jesus. And we want, we want to celebrate what you've done. 
someone in our church will follow up and, and, and they, will, they will follow up and pray with you and encourage you. We're not going to come along and badger you uh, or judge you. But more importantly, God sees that you made a public confession of faith. We want to be a church that comes alongside and helps you in your journey of faith. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to tell you how bad you are. We're here to tell you that there's someone who loves you and he's on your side. And he's going to lead you from this day forward. So God bless you. And we pray you have a wonderful week. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.